everybody, I'm Joanna. And I'm Jenny. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. Jenny, we saw each other in person twice over the course of like five days. So posted something on social media and people were like freaking out. I know, they were so happy. And I'm like, oh man. Jenny and Joanna in one place. We had two meals together. Yes. And well, the first one I ordered (laughs) non-vegan. You had your vegan meal. And then I went to a vegan restaurant. Yes. I went into your turf. (laughs) You are as short as I remember you. (laughs) Like, actually, I I remembered you shorter. I think, you know how like you see people and then you sort of create like a cartoonish version of themselves in your mind if you don't get to know them like oh the guy with the big nose or like yeah the person with the weird you know haircut and then you exaggerate those aspects oh I feel like I exaggerated how short you were I think I thought you were taller too yeah right but then again I I know in pictures we probably you can see the height difference in a picture but like when I'm staring at you I'm not like whoa so tall like you're just the height that I'm used to (laughs) yeah I would be really offended if you were taller than me i feel like that is i hate it when i meet people specifically women because men a lot of men are taller than me but when women are taller than me i'm like that's my one thing who gave you the right yeah (laughs) it's so funny because now i'm like hyper conscious about what we talk about in this podcast because my parents have always sort of listened to the podcast but now that i'm away from them and like in a different time zone and state they will listen to the podcast and then call me and say, I listened to the podcast because I missed your voice. And I was like, you can just oh, call me. no. Yeah, I think my mom is having a harder time with me being far than, like, me. <laughs> like, it's funny because we don't even live in the same city, but just by virtue of me being farther, it, 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 it like, triggers her separation anxiety. And when I was oh a kid, gosh. I would have severe separation anxiety for my parents, like sleepaway camp, all the kids were like, yeah, I can't wait to go to sleepaway camp. And I'd be like, yeah, I can't wait either. And in my head, I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to sleep away from my parents. I don't want to go do it. I, like I was so attached to my parents. And I'm curious. I, I think it's kind of like a cultural thing. Like I have this this guilt and this expectation of like I should be close to my parents. I have to be like very close to them. I have to be talking to them all the time. I have to be in their business. I have to, you know, <laughs> uh, be available to them at all hours of the day. Like, you know, I, that's how I sort of see it. And then so many of my American friends are like, yeah, I, I talk to my parents like maybe once every couple of weeks. I'm like, if I did that, I think my mom would fly out here, hire a private investigator just to get shit on me. Just, not even, like, she could probably find me, but just just to get shit on me to be like, mira, no me contaste. No me contaste que fuiste a un concierto. I almost want to do it as an experiment. You should just, I just want to see what happens. Like, document your mom, like, send, like, a, a documentary crew. Yeah. And just see how she reacts if she doesn't hear from you. Oh, no, when she doesn't hear from me, she used to call me, like, 17 times a day, and then I told her, like, that doesn't work with me. So now oh she, like, l- waits till I call. And every single time I call, she's like, ay, por fin. Like, always. She's always like, wow, finally you call me. And I'm like, doesn't matter if I called her an hour ago or seven months ago. It'll always be like, you don't call me enough. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And your dad, like, is he just as intense? My dad is, like, super chill. He'll call me once in a while and he'll be like, hello. And I'm like, hi, dad. And he's like, just calling to see what's up are you alive? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right. 
I love you. Like, <laughs> meanwhile, my mom is like, ¿y qué comiste? ¿Y, y, y, y con quién hablaste? ¿Y, y las alergias? Y, 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 ay, te tengo que contar. And then she, like, is she like I, that with your brother? Because he's been living away from her for a while. Yeah, she's very close to my brother. My brother calls her all the time. And, like, my, my sister and my brother, I think, are better at it than I am. I just think I'm inherently okay. bad at keeping in contact. <laughs> but my mom leaves me voice messages, and I'm not exaggerating, that are, like, four minutes long. And she's like, no, I don't want to call you to disturb you, but I'm going to leave you, like, 40 minutes of cumulative voice messages over the course of the day for you to listen to at your leisure. And I'm like, that's more, that's honestly worse. She'll like send a voice message. She'll be like, hola, mi gorda. Bueno, eh, I see, I see. Ya va, Richard, Richard. Me pides una Coca-Cola light. Okay. Ajá. Eh, Do you have one? Can you play one for us? Oh my gosh. Oh my God. It's so funny because like, she, she can just stop and re-record the voice message. Like, why does she continue? She's like ordering food. Yes. She's like, oh I want to make you feel gosh. like you're here. I I cannot. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Um, <laughs> trying to find voice message. What is hola, this? Hola, Ana. ¿Cómo estás? Oh, my God. Exactly what you said. Hola, mi gordita. ¿Cómo estás? Bueno, pasé la noche. No dormí mucho, pero la verdad es que no sé. No, no me hizo falta porque... Anyway, I think it's really interesting because my mom always compares like me to her friends' kids, right? And a lot of her friends live in Venezuela and their kids like live in the same house and have children right next door and they're all in the same city. And my mom, like, I think had that expectation for herself, but then she moved to the States and in the States, you know, in contrast to Latin America, we're generally... You know, you're you're in your parents' house. You go to college from your parents' house. Then you live there till you get married. And then you get married and then you're in the same city. Like, it, you know, there's not this traumatic cutting of the umbilical cord. And in the States, it's just so different because it is an enormous country and people are expected to go to college at 18. But then a lot of people leave their hometowns and go work elsewhere. So this concept of like, you know, a, a nucleus of the family remaining together feels more Latin than it does mm -hmm. American. And America, you know, America's all like, follow your passion, follow your dream, go, go find Get out the, the house work. at 18. Get yeah. out the house at 18. Start making, you know, yourself useful. And in Latin America, it's like, hi, pero no te bañas. You know, like, oh my stay God, here yeah. forever. How are your parents? Are your parents like, <laughs> like sticky? Is the word sticky? sticky? I meant clingy. I They're meant probably clingy. probably a little sticky because they live in West Palm and <laughs> they go to the pool a lot and it's very hot and humid. That was good. But Yeah, they're literally sticky, but no, they're very Americanized when it comes to this stuff. Like, it's so weird because I have friends that their parents would guilt trip them about leaving, even if it was like a city two hours away. It was enough for the parents to like get all guilt trippy and weird and really give them a hard time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And but no, like with my parents and even my grandparents, because I moved to L.A. when they were still alive and they were all just very proud of me. And they're like, yeah, go follow your dreams. <laughs> and my, my mom, especially because she's kind of a free bird and she loved to travel like she went to France by herself when she was 20. Like to live? No, to, to visit. She knew the language and she just was like, peace out. And somehow managed to get by my grandma, who back then was more like strict and paranoid. 
And she did it. I'm like, damn, I'm 35 and I still don't know if I would go to a foreign country by myself. But she just went by her goddamn self to this foreign country and just made friends on a tour. She's just kind of all about that and just like live your dreams kind of thing. So she obviously misses me and my sister because my sister also moved out here. So we're her only kids. But I think they're very satisfied that we're here. They're just very like, this is where they're supposed to be. I'm super proud. And because my mom and dad love to travel. So like they visit at least once or twice a year. You see them consistently. It's not like you. you I see them pretty consistently. I know people that like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen my parents in like five years. Like my mom won't my mom won't come to L.A. at all. But no, my parents love coming out here. I do not understand. I do not understand people that like don't see their parents regularly. I don't understand how they. I don't know. It's so weird to me. Like since I live in New York most of the time, I see my parents probably every month. Every month I see them. And during that time, I'm. I am there. Like, they come visit New York and I don't do anything else other than, like, all right, my parents are here. I have to hang out with them every night. I have to hang out with them all the time. I, I like spending time with my parents. I ha- I party with my parents. I have great food with my parents. I yeah. get lit with my parents. I watch movies. I have a great time. I have a, They're, like, friends to me. Aw. But, like, I do feel that it, it's just inculcated in me that – my parents have to be a, a like priority, right? And sometimes I I give myself anxiety about it, right? So mm. my parent, my mom will be in New York and I had plans. I had plans before she planned on coming and I'm like, I, I feel riddled with guilt. I feel riddled <laughs> with guilt when I'm not like, mama numero uno. Like I feel like the mama worst daughter. Uno. I, d- my husband always like tells me like, please don't fucking say it. Cause every time I'm like, I think I'm the worst daughter in the world. Like literally Daniel, like she's here for a weekend and I have brunch plans on Sunday. And like, I mean, I might as well sign the emancipation papers now because this mother won't love me anymore. And I, I don't know where that comes from. I don't, I don't know where that comes from. Well, I don't know how you felt about your parents growing up because I saw a stark difference between how my friends acted around their parents in the States versus my friends in Venezuela. It was like really, mm. really different. And growing up here, I I felt so weird because everyone was like, ugh, my mom fucking sucks. My dad sucks <laughs> a fucking dick. I hate my parents. It's just Well, that is so very oppressive. American for real. I had friends like that. They're so mean. They're, They're so, so mean. They're like, ugh, ugh, my mom wants to come to the ski trip. Ew. And I'm like, I would love my mom to come to the ski trip. <laughs> She's so fun. Like, And then when I moved to Venezuela, I remember one day I was waiting for the school bus and my mom was waiting there with me. And I was so embarrassed immediately because I was like, oh my God, these kids are going to be like the kids in the States are going to make fun of me for my mom waiting for me. And I get on the bus. My mom literally yells at the driver like, señor, señor, a que hora es que llega? Ah, okay, me la cuida. Like she was like yelling at the school bus driver to take care of me. And I was like, oh my God, trágame tierra. I'm like so embarrassed. I sit down and everyone's like, like no one's making fun of me. And I, I was I like, said, oh my God, so embarrassing to the guy next to me. And he's like, oh, why? Seems like your mom's nice. Like, it it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. There's like a real weird, like, cultural nuance. 
that I can't really put my finger on. I don't know what it is. And I think it's probably changing in our generation. Apparently millennials are called the boomerang generation because we we're going back to live in our parents' house. A lot of it has to do with the economy. Okay, but, well, and the <laughs> pandemic, but whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, we literally have like four master's degrees and can't pay for an apartment. <laughs> like that's our generation's <laughs> reality. Yeah. But there is something there that I I don't quite know and, and understand, but there's something about the a high regard and respect that Latinos have to their parents. And it, it's it's almost like also like a responsibility. Like I think people in the States are, oh, I have a kid and they leave at 18 and they go off and uh, cat in the cradle and the silver spoon, a little boy boo and the man in the moon. And I don't know when I'm going to see them. And then in, in Latin America, I, I really do feel a cultural difference where it's like, no, my parents, I have to take care of my parents. My parents are coming. I have to go visit my parents. My parents are in the hospital. I have to make sure my parents are okay. Yeah. It's like that, that switch and, and taking care of and, and being your parents' parent becomes very apparent <laughs> whoa whoa uh i am exhausted can you tell <laughs> so but you grew up with your grandparents that's another generation yeah. and like that parenting must have been very traditionally cuban yeah i mean they obviously took on american customs to some degree because they came here in the 60s but ultimately it is miami so miami kind of makes it easy to not do a goddamn thing to assimilate yeah no you don't have to you're you're surrounded by your people you're surrounded by the language and the culture and the music and the food everything so it's a very very i would say a much easier transition but yeah it was a very cuban upbringing but my abuelo was very much into like american sports like like baseball and and whatever but for the most part they kind of stuck to what they knew but were they like were your grandparents strict with your parents like what what was the relationship oh, yeah. between your parents and your grandparents because it seems like you and your parents have perhaps a more americanized experience but your parents and your grandparents probably had a more traditional Cuban relationship. Yeah, for sure. I don't know so much about my dad's parents with him, but my grandfather was always pretty chill. My mom said that she kind of had like a bit of a rocky relationship with her mom because she used to be just insanely paranoid and strict and didn't make the right choices a lot of the times and kind of held my mom back. But she just, it's its one of those things like she didn't know any better, you know, it's like, ah. But by the time I was like in my 20s, my grandma gave less and less of a shit. I mean, that's kind of what happens, you know. They're very strict about things. And then eventually with like the last grandkid, they're just more lax and less strict and less freaked out. I mean, she knew I was living with my, you know, my now husband, but my boyfriend at the time before marriage. And she didn't give a fuck. I think if my mom did that, she would have had a patatus. She would have had a goddamn heart attack. Mm -hmm. But... Again, like even with like me moving, they were just all about it. There was obviously a lot of sadness, but it was just like my abuela, even when I when I was like the Nesquik bunny mascot or I worked at Univision as a fucking quality control editor for telenovela promos, she was always telling people like, mi nieta la tita. So I got really lucky, I'll tell you that much, because not a lot of people can say the same thing. A lot of people in my same generation will say, yeah, my parents didn't let me do any of that. Like, I could never have gone into acting or filmmaking or any of that sort. And it's weird because no one's an artist. It's not like we come from a family of artists. It was, it was uh, interesting, but I lucked out. 
I'm currently in a writer's room and we're, we were talking about Latino parents because there's some characters that are Latino in the show. And one of the writers was like, you know, I, I heard something that really resonated with me, which is like, generally American parents are like, oh, let's, let's let this kid become his or her own person. And Latino parents are like, oh, this person is a reflection of me. So this kid has to reflect my values. Yeah generally a bit more so like none of my american friends ever went to fucking church like by the time they were 10 they were like no one no one really went to church i mean i don't know this is also not middle america i'm talking about like boston you know and then mm. i remember in venezuela i was like Conchale, no, es que tengo que ir a misa. i have to like go to the go to church with my grandma i have to do this i have to like there there's like this sort of expectation to represent your family and i don't know if it's because generally in like latin american culture like society is a bit more in your life like you're not an independent human in the this ethos of the world you like form part of a society where people know each other and you're, you're friends with your mom's friends kids and this that and the other there's this like you know societal expectations but i mean i got really lucky because my parents are they had to break you know a lot of their norms like my my dad married a non-Jewish woman and his parents didn't talk to him for two years because it was seen as like awful. And then, mm -hmm. you know, my mom got married young and, and got a divorce, which was also seen as awful. So these are two people that sort of broke societal rules already. And their marriage was already seen as like wrong. My mom's older than my dad. You know, there was just a lot of societal rules broken just for that relationship to exist. Mm. So they've always been really open-minded and liberal. I mean, for God's sake, my brother is a musical theater director and I'm a comedian <laughs> and my sister's an art historian. Like clearly they don't give a shit about societal rules. They've broken them. Yeah. But like a lot of my cousins and a lot of my friends, uh, I I'll tell you right now it, from my high school, my Venezuelan friends, there's not one guy, one guy who was great at theater or great at the arts that ended up studying it. They all went into engineering or business. And when yeah. I asked them, like, why? They're like, oh, like my parents, like my, my dad said that I had to do this. My mom said that I had to do that. And I just didn't see that as much when I got here. People were like, I'm majoring in Japanese music and minoring in <laughs> neoclassical lighting. I don't know. It's so true. But, you know, it's I think that is connected to the same thing. I think it's kids wanting to make their parents proud and 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 be the kids that their parents want them to be. And I remember when I was studying history and drama, I think a lot of the stressors weren't on me because I was a, a woman. So no one expected me to be successful. <laughs> My parents did, but no, none of our like extended family or their friends. They were like, ay, la loca. <laughs> la loca. Bueno, she'll meet a man who will uh, sostenerla, you know? Well, I think, I think that was like a similar vibe I got. I remember even from people I didn't know. So I was always met with that kind of weird, like lastima from people and potentially maybe other family members like I could tell they thought I was probably gonna fail but then when I started succeeding now they're like oh my famous mm -hmm. I don't want to say because I don't want to give away too much <laughs> but you know they'll be like my famous whatever and I'm like bitch you are expecting me to fail and now you're like showing off to all your friends because everyone in Miami, you know, knows of my videos but you weren't expecting it to happen so it's like ugh, dude I don't know
Me cae mal. No, I know. Me cae mal. I know. But my parents, my parents didn't doubt me. I guess we both got lucky, and I don't, I don't think it's it's a um, coincidence that we both have a, have gotten to the points in the career where we are, uh, because I never felt by my parents. I never felt judged. I always felt encouraged, and yes. um, I think that is uh, rare, definitely rare. Uh, I I. I even look within my own family at like some of my aunts. I'm not saying everyone, but some of my aunts and uncles. And I'm like, if I was born like literally one family over, I probably would be an accountant at H&R Block about to get fucking <laughs> fired because I'm bad at numbers, but it seemed like a, an appropriate job for me with my last name. So, you know, <laughs> but like that's something that's really, I think, really rare I, and, and very rare it in is. immigrant parents as well because – so many immigrant parents, I mean, and, and I don't blame them, are like, dude, you know how fucking hard it was for me to get to this country, motherfucker? And you want to study, like, freaking cryptology? Like, no. What if we're kicked out of this country, too? And my dad, with my, with my grandfather, had a lot of pressure as well. Like, my dad wanted to study economics, which nowadays is like, oh, that's a good one to study. Like, you know what I mean? But back then, economics was like the equivalent of saying like kabuki theater. I want to ma- major in kabuki theater. <laughs> I might go to clown school, which yeah. I am currently enrolled in. But anyway. <laughs> so my dad, like, you know, he's the son of two Holocaust survivors that went to Venezuela, didn't speak the language. And they were like, we're going to send our kid to Cornell University so that he never has to worry about his career ever again. You know, my grandfather had like a second grade education and my dad had to hide it from him that he was studying economics. So he like enrolled in the in the engineering school and found a major that technically was in the engineering school, but was actually economics just to like let it slide, like basically to lie to my grandfather. And then he was like, he wanted to take astronomy and he had to like hide it from my grandfather. And, you know, my mom wanted to be a singer and she wanted to be a performer. And my grandfather was like, women shouldn't do that. That's bad for women. People will think you're a floozy. You should study something serious like psychology or like, you know, finance. Mm. And I think I, 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 I absolutely had the opposite experience where my dad always said, follow your passion and money will follow. And my mom would just say like, you, you, you got to do something you love because for her, you know, I think for a lot of her jobs, she didn't love it and she wished that she did. Yeah. But I wonder how many people I know of our age have been, and I think a lot have been pressured by, by parental expectations and how they will react in with their kids. Yeah. Especially from, you know, my hometown in Miami, it's it's something that's very common. And, like, people look at me like I'm weird. Like, not in a bad way, just like, whoa, she left. What the fuck? And she went cross-country. Because it is, it's true. Like, you're talking about Latin America being so different when it comes to leaving the nest and stuff. Or, like, just parents being super involved in your life and how it's no big deal over there. It's not, like, made fun of versus here. But Miami was very similar because obviously it's Miami. Miami's not the United States. I'm sorry. It's the closest you can get to the United States. Exactly. <laughs> so because of that, like I have a lot of friends who have a lot of aspirations and, and things and they want to move and they want to explore and they just can't do it. They can't do it because it's not always the parents. 
sure, um, a lot of the time it can be. The parents are guilt tripping them like, oh, you need to be here. You need to be around. What about when you have kids and I want to be here with my mm-hmm. nietos and blah, blah, blah. But it's, sometimes it's just my friends who are just like, no, I, I can't leave them. I can't leave them behind or like I need to be around family. And again, I don't judge that. Like that's obviously whatever brings you ultimate happiness. Right. So I know people that for at one point considered moving to L.A. for like a career in film and then would settle for like Atlanta or northern Florida because it was at least still closer to family. Like they couldn't do the big West Coast move because that was too drastic for them but for me personally it's not that I don't care about my family it was very especially because I moved when my grandparents were still alive and they were like a big like leaving them and my parents was like a double whammy it was one of the most difficult things I ever had to do in my life Imira, they ended up passing away like a year later mm-hmm. it's your fault Jenny well I'm sorry I'm sorry that was a horrible joke no that was like me guilt tripping you like a good Latina mama. Yes, thank you. But no, no, I, I just felt so bad because I was like, oh, my God, I'm leaving them. And but it, so me leaving obviously had nothing to do with the fact that I didn't care about my family. Mm-hmm. But the way I was raised is just like you have a life. You only got one life. So mm-hmm. go do the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, don't worry about us. Obviously, I mean, we're living in a time where you don't, you know, it's not Oregon Trail. Like you're not taking bison across the <laughs> river, you know, like there's FaceTime, there's WhatsApp, there's all social media platforms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that made it easy. Like when I first moved out here, like I would talk to my grandma all the time till this day, like with my parents, I, I talk to them frequently. Like I talk to my mom almost every day. Oh my God. My mom is going to guilt trip me now. She's going to say like, Viste que Jenny habla con su mamá todos los días. And I'm going to be like, fuck. <laughs> my mom and I are just very similar. We just like to talk a lot. So then we talk a lot to each other, but yeah, like, you know, I don't think it makes me a bad person. It's just that for me, my career is like super important. And that's why I did what I had to do. And I don't judge other people for staying. I have to admit, like, my parents have never been that far away from me. Ever. This is the first time I'm 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 a I'm a six hour flight. Yeah, six hours. I've I've, ne- I've never been more than a three hour drive. Ever. Wow. So I feel guilt and I'm trying to figure out where I where I'm where I'm getting it from. But I I'll wake up at like four in the morning. Like, what if something happens to my mom? What if something happens to my dad? What if I'm like not there? What if I'm like, I have, I carry the guilt. Like I, I'm aware that what I'm doing is, is right for me and I need to be here. I'm aware of all these things. I just can't help but shake that feeling of guilt. I, maybe it's because I just like torturing myself. (laughs) I can't let myself be happy. It's like, you have to be worrying about something to feel something, Joanna. This is what life is. It's hard. But I, I just like can't, I can't shake it. And I think one of the biggest reasons, because I've been postponing coming to, to LA and, you know, moving here. And, and, and I would, I would say that a great portion of the reason is my family. Like I don't have my family on the West coast. I just don't, I have a dad's first cousin like <laughs> you know i love her uh what's up doris see you for passover but like it's you know it's not my my parents it's not my siblings and it, yeah. i don't have i don't have a like a network of people here i have friends but 
I don't have my cousins. I don't like, it's just, it's different. And like, I think for a lot of Venezuelans right now and a lot of, uh, you know, other countries that where people are leaving in, in, in droves from where they're from, they're feeling a lot of this and they're, they're being confronted with not only the feeling of like feeling alone, but like the feeling of guilt of like, I should be there. And I think it's unhealthy. <laughs> like, yeah. I think, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, to, to, a, to a certain degree, of course. But I think you, as you said, I think it's, it's just so important to live your life and be happy and obviously prioritize the people that love you the most. But damn, it's not easy. It's really not like I'm struggling, girl. I'm like, uh... like all my whole family's together with my grandfather and I'm like here and I'm like, did I make the right decision? What when I'm on my deathbed, will I will I regret this moment? Like all the time. I remember when I we I first moved to LA, I was 28, and I feel like, oh my God. Like to me, I was a baby. And I remember I had never lived away from my mom. Like remember that. I was living with my parents. Oh my god, you're right. Even going through college. Yes. I oh, was shit, living with Jenny. them until I was 28. Dude, you're like a straight up, like, let, you're like, yeah, I I did, I had the more American upbringing. Bitch, you lived in your house when you were 28. Yes, girl, yes. <laughs> and so was my husband. My husband was living with his fucking parents in Kendall, which is the hood, according to A-Rod. He was 30 years old still living with his parents. So we were both like snip, snip. Um... <laughs> We just left. And then we lived. This is how we, me and my husband lived together for the first time was when we moved to L.A. And I remember we got this really shitty apartment. And I remember, like, really going through the emotions of, like, man, I miss home. Fuck. Mm -hmm. But especially in L.A., man, like, you get so busy with your work. And then now that I've been here a little over seven years, like, my sister's here now. All of my fucking friends from Miami have moved out here. We're all working together. And then I've built all these friendships from my time at BuzzFeed and Me Too. And you, it's like the networks keep building. Before you know it, you don't feel so lonely anymore. Like, you really don't. You've kind of built, like, a family out here. And it's it's we don't we just don't feel lonely anymore. And, I mean, what does help is that we do try to see each other a couple times a year you know, we like travel to see each other. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the only way of, of doing it. And I, I just think it's kind of insane. Like in Venezuela, in Caracas, I lived in a building, right? And it was a, it was a five-story building with two towers. And one of the towers, it was every single person in my family. So every aunt and uncle had an apartment in that building. And we all lived together in the same mm. building. Mm -hmm. And my mom, her family all lived in, in Venezuela and they all sort of lived nearby. And then two brothers moved to Mar Margarita together to be on the same island, at, you know, and they were like, oh, we're leaving Caracas to go to Margarita, but we're going to go with our, you know, we're going to go where my brother's at. Like, you know, there's always been this constant, like, sense of, of, of bringing a piece of your family or living with your family. You, 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 you live more of like, it takes a village type of life. Like, yes, you're not alone. And I went to visit my friends in Spain and I got so jealous. Like I felt kind of a rage and I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I realized it was because these motherfuckers live in a, a great city. They live with 
all their cousins, all their uncles, all their parents, all their uh, siblings. Everyone lives within like a two mile radius. Everyone's friends with each other. They all take care of each other. And I'm like, I think that in the Americas, just all of it, generally, like you, you don't have a lot of generations that have been here and, and people are moving all the time. And you literally, these friends in Spain, it's like, pues he, he vivido acá desde los, hace seis generaciones. Like, you know, six <laughs> generations we've been in this city and we haven't had to move. And we've just stayed here happily. That gives me anxiety. Latin America, it's like every fucking two years, a different country is having an upheaval and you got to get the fuck out. And then here in the States, it's like, well, I got to move to Pittsburgh now because I've been transferred. So it's like this this experience of like communal family life. Like, I just... I hadn't seen it until I went to visit a lot of my friends in Europe. And I'm oh sure, you know, Europe has gone through, obviously, their upheavals. And, and I'm not saying that didn't happen. But, like, yeah. here, I, I mean, you can't go back too many generations, really, before someone came from somewhere, generally. And, yeah. and, and someone left their family. Someone had to leave their, get on a boat and fucking leave everyone. Do you know what I mean? And now it's, like, I think that my grandparents and great-grandparents and whatever and parents were hoping to reestablish that sense of like, okay, now we don't go anywhere. Now we're here. <laughs> and it's just been absolutely impossible. It's just, just it kidding. can't happen. Just kidding. My mom's like, ay, por fin. Yo en Boston y tú en Nueva York, tan lejos. And I'm like, peace, I'm going to California. <laughs> Basically, uh, the other side of the country, literally. And it's like, you know, it's, it's just the desire to have something that's almost impossible is, is pungent. I, I mean, like, I, the reason why, like, you describing that, I mean, I can see the beauty in it, right? But I, it gives me anxiety because, so, for example, like, where I kind of grew up, my grandparents' house in Westchester, Huachete, most of our neighbors had lived there forever, for decades. And there was one specific house that the family has lived there together since the 70s. Like, it's the same house the same size, and it's only gotten bigger and bigger. So it's like the mom and dad with the abuela. They used to have the abuelo, but he passed. And then the the, the grandson, the son, and then he got married, and then she had two kids, and then with her he had a kid. They're all living in the same house. Yeah, they, they keep on adding annexes. They add, like, levels. No, they're not. They have not added levels to the house. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm saying. And it's like, they seem to be doing fine, and I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm judging if it works for them, great. I can't do it. I will feel, I couldn't even, I'm so glad that I came out here with my husband because I'm like, I don't know how I would even do with roommates. But my parents' house in the Berkshires, like they, they were so obsessed with getting a house big enough that we all fit in. They were like, well, we got to get a house somewhere where we all fit at the same time. And everyone's like, why? We can, we can just go visit. And he's like, no, they're like, no, 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 no. There has to be enough rooms for everyone because we all need to be living together for at least a month out of the year. We all come to one place and we live together and we use the same bathrooms and we yell at each other and we get angry at each other and, and, and there's resentment and it, it, the laundry piles up and then someone loses the car keys and we cry over it. That's what we need to do. We need to do that every year, you know, convivir. It's just like, you know, this expression my mom always says, like, it's so it's not just important to visit. It's important to convivir. And I don't think there's an equivalent to in, in English. And I might be wrong, but convivir is like not just spending time together, but like co-living. You're living in the same space. That sounds like something that uh, animals do in the zoo. But alas, my parents' house 
is a bit of a zoo when we're all in there. So it all works out. <laughs> but that's like a push. Like if like if I don't go to the annual family reunion where we're all conviviendo in this house, it's like, <gasps> pero y entonces, ¿cuándo vamos a convivir? When are we going to fucking be in the same space together yelling at each other? Oh it has gosh. to happen. <laughs> you know, I, I, I do fear that when I have kids, Mm-hmm. they come out Americanized. I know that sounds awful. I'm like, I want them to like like follow their dreams and passions or whatever, but I know myself. I'm probably going to be like, what do you mean you want to go to University of Chicago? There's Turnpike Community College right down the street and you can stay with me. Like, <laughs> I know that's not being a good parent, but like, you know, there's something there that like I, 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 I do appreciate the positives of, of, of both. And, and of course we're generalizing, but it just seems to be, you know, a pattern where I think Latinos are w- way closer to their parents generally. And Americans are untethered and go where the work takes them. Yeah. And I think a balance of both is I used to, I used to feel resentful that the untetheredness made it so that I couldn't spend time with my family and like, you know, I'm here in LA, whatever. But honestly, you know, you made me see that other than the obvious positives of like, yeah, career advancement and this, that, and the other, but you know, it's, you can't have it all in life. And, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's hard. You gotta, you gotta choose, you know, you, you do have to pick and there, it's just about finding the right balance. That's really what it comes down to is like, okay, I live over here. So like, I gotta, you know, take the time to call them more often or you know make plans for the holidays you know etc yeah and ultimately it does work out i mean i think it's made my relationship with my parents a lot stronger i'll be honest with you and also my entire family is having a reunion in paris with my grandpa without me and i'm just like "Mm." well like i can't go you know and i'm just i am like anxious i'm anxious on like the three generations i'm anxious my grandpa is upset at me i'm anxious my parents like are there without me i'm anxious that my siblings are going to become better friends than they are with me and i'm anxious that my nephews and nieces will forget who i am there's just that's just my nightmare right now (laughs) yeah i'm so sorry not bitter about it not bitter about it at all i say as i stare into the abyss (laughs) But it's all worth it. Or at least I hope so. (laughs) I want to say my dad is like probably the number one listener to this podcast. You know, my dad, he he's the type of person that if he knows that I'm okay, then he sort of lets me be. But I can tell that he needs he he religiously listens to this podcast the day it comes out. And my mom does, too. But especially now that I'm away from her, when I would see her, she wouldn't need to listen to it. But my dad since day one. Uh, so I want to, I want to give a shout out to my parentals, yo. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate the whole like rearing and, uh, creating me part of my life. I hope I'm not an utter disappointment and thank you for loving me unconditionally. (laughs) I am, I am, I am, I am honestly, uh, stressed that I'm away from you. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. I miss them so much. My 11-year-old self that was dropped off at sleepaway camp and, like, was trying to hide the fact that she was depressed because she missed her parents is just coming out. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally fine. I'm totally chill. Yeah, just like, I miss you. 